0: We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Nosotros crecemos cuando damos. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. Welcome to ROG, Return on Generosity, a podcast celebrating generosity at work. Not financial giving, giving valuable time, alternative perspectives, and genuine collaboration. Today, our guest is former Marine Corps officer and leadership expert, Courtney Lynch. In addition to her nine years of service in the Marines, she earned her law degree at William and Mary, practicing at one of the nation's leading law firms. She also managed a top-notch sales team at Rational Software and created a premier leadership development consulting firm, Leadstar. Additionally, Courtney is a New York Times bestselling author with her books, Spark, and leading from the front, who has been featured on CNN, Fox News, and in numerous newspapers and magazines like Best Company, Harvard Business Review, and Inc. She served as an elected official and recently spent a year in the UK serving as a COO for a rapidly scaling technology company. I'm excited to introduce Courtney because she is a leader who has tremendous heart, courage, and passion for all she does. She'll be the first to admit that her most intimidating and enjoyable leadership challenge to date is raising her three children. Welcome, Courtney. Thanks so much, Shannon, for having me. It's so great to be connecting with your community. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait to share you and your thoughts with everyone and simplify. Hey, Semper Fi, I appreciate
1: that. Always faithful, the Marine Corps' motto, right? Motto almost undermines it. It is our ethos and our way of life, always being faithful and supportive to each other and and certainly in service to our country.
0: And I'm so deeply grateful for your service and your willingness to contribute to our country in the ways that you have. Oh,
1: you know, it is a privilege to serve this nation, right? I know people look at things today, right? And we are sometimes overwhelmed by the present. It's a challenging time for our country. Uh, Yet this country is such an amazing place, right? There is no better place to be and to flourish. And so it is an absolute privilege to have had the chance
0: to serve the United States in in uniform. Yeah. So we're calling our conversation today, Semper Leadership. Like, what does that mean to you, Courtney?
1: You know, Semper Fi, obviously that literal translation is always faithful. Uh, Yet to me, having had that experience of living Semper Fi and learning how to lead uh, by the numbers, right? I was someone that I don't think I was a leader. I know I wasn't a leader before I went into the Marine Corps, yet I knew that part of becoming a Marine was learning how to lead. And so Semper Fi leadership means once you understand what it takes to lead, and you know a spoiler alert it's not about power prestige or notoriety our society often thinks it's that it really is about service and once you understand the essence of leadership is service simplify always faithful means you're always looking to be of value to others
0: so rich and meaningful and something for us to take to heart about you know how well we model simplify leadership in our own families in our workplaces. And you're a wildly generous person too, Courtney. I mean, I could go on about all that you do. You help so many people, including me. Your book Spark is one that you made available to people at no cost so that people could learn and grow as a leader communities. So endless amounts of your own generosity. But let's also start with ways in which you've observed generosity in your in the different areas of your life.
1: Well, I credit you, right? I mean, you made me realize that generosity was a way of life, right? It wasn't just a trait. It was something that you needed to put thought and action behind to fully express. Mm -hmm. Yet, I think any one of us who's recognized the value of generosity started to see it because we were on the receiving end of it. Mm -hmm. And I think about my life as a young person, right? As a kid growing up uh, into college and then those early career years so many people were generous with time, generous with constructive criticism, right? They had the courage to give me that feedback that maybe highlighted a blind spot or two, were generous with opening doors of opportunity for me before I was fully ready because they saw something in me that I hadn't yet seen in myself. So I was definitely on the receiving end of so much generosity, right? I don't think we get to any success or any position of progress without tons of other people lifting us up, paving the way, picking us up, uh, helping us move forward.
0: Oh my gosh, absolutely. And that whole like better together and nobody here got here alone. I, I so deeply believe that. And I love that you're saying your first memories of generosity as being the recipient of it and people looking for ways to support you. What were some ways that you identified generosity in the Marine Corps?
1: Yeah, well, first it's the the whole idea that, you know, generations prior to ours called the military the service, right? Like it was instead mm-hmm. of saying the military, they would say the service, are you going into the service? And so I thought that was really interesting to me, right? I, I thought I was joining the Marine Corps and I was joining the military, yet I became more acquainted with I was joining the service and an organization that was all about, adding value and, and for the most significant reasons, right? When you're a Marine, if you're not competent, you might get hurt. But most importantly, the person to the left or the person to the right of you could have a pretty bad outcome, right? And their their life is on the line and their life is in your hands. And so you are held to this higher standard of performance, which is amazing because you get to see what you're truly capable of. Yet you're held to that higher standard so that when the chips are down and when it really counts, it's not gonna be because of you that someone gets hurt, right? You're gonna be taking care of those people very, very close to you. And when a whole team of people, when a whole company of Marines, that's about 250 Marines are looking out for the the livelihoods and lives of each other, really powerful things happen. And it's interesting, you can see that as kind of a battle analogy or a wartime analogy or something we would use on conflict in times of conflict or on deployment. Yet that same sense of caring and service towards each other is magical when you're not in the high-stress environments as well.
0: Like day-to-day caring about each other.
1: Yeah, day-to-day caring about each other and simple ways, right? I think it's easy for someone to think, well... You know, I'm not a Marine, I'm not in battle, but our lives are tough, right? Look at all of us going through this really intense shared experience of a pandemic right i I mean, I think of my own family, I never had to worry about the emotional well being of my children more than I have in the last seven, eight months. Mm -hmm. We have tough times all throughout our lives, day in and day out, with even just the consistency we need to achieve the little things. And so the more we can be of service and support and positive and generous towards others, even when we're stressed or feeling less than best, The more value we create and the better outcomes, even in the toughest of times, are possible.
0: I so agree with that. Have you identified any of the training that you've received through the Marine Corps that you have deployed recently, like during this really tough time? Like, is there anything you're conscious about that you are like, this is something I have been trained to do or think, and you're seeing yourself utilizing that?
1: A hundred percent. Well, first of all, even before a pandemic, I mean, the moment I got out of the Marine Corps, I realized, oh my gosh, what a valuable experience to literally learn how to influence outcomes and inspire other people through behaviors day in and day out. I realized I had had a very unique education to literally be taught to lead as part of your job was such a blessing. Yet going to present times, 100%, right? As Marines, we recognize plans are reference points change, right? Change is inevitable. Agility, flexibility, the dynamic nature of circumstances unfolding and you having to seek to shape them or respond to them versus react to them, bringing that calm to chaos was a key part of our training. And it's been very valuable, not only for myself and my family and my company, But most importantly for me on the professional side, to be able to walk with my clients and support them in seeing their challenges through the lens of leadership and recognizing that there are things that they can do to shape circumstances, even when most of how we've been living, especially during the early months of the pandemic, felt felt very out of control.
0: And I love, too, what you're saying about influence, like you learned how to influence an outcome.
1: Yeah, and it's not done in ways of, you know, being perfect or having to always be the best, right? None of us have been perfect or our best every single day during this time in this season. It's being perfectly accountable, right? When you aren't at your best, seek to take responsibility before you're blaming other people and things beyond your control for the challenges you're having, right? You're owning, well, what can I do? What is possible? Uh, and then also uh, harnessing your emotions for success, right? Your emotions are really valuable. They're not meant to be undermined. They're not meant to be suppressed. They're meant to be worked through and they're, they're great clues and they're great indicators. And if you try to kind of keep your emotions at arm's length, you actually won't be in a position to credibly influence and inspire. You have to work through the the pain, the fear, the nerves, the anxiety that has been common for all of us.
0: And giving people the space, that's something you do so well, Courtney, is you facilitate conversations that give people the space to feel those things and think those things, right? To, to not be shameful about how something's affecting you, but rather be curious about it and learn about it.
1: Sometimes it's just pure listening and being generous with that listening ear that can add value.
0: And that's the generosity, right? So you said give space, giving, active listening, like really being interested in someone, being curious about them, not judging. Can you think of an example of a time when you witnessed generosity or you were contributing to something that was a a challenging situation but where, you know, the the service really took took hold?
1: Like I remember, you know, very early on in my training we had standards to meet, right? The Marine Corps does not let you off the hook. If you can't pass the fitness test, if you can't solve the equation, if you can't write the battlefield order, you're either gonna learn or you're not gonna be a Marine, right? They will exit you with grace and dignity and full respect, yet they don't tolerate less than standard meeting performance. Mm -hmm. And I remember there was a kind of a smaller test that loomed large in my mind. It was the combat endurance course exam. And It was a physical challenge where you had to you know, beat the clock. You had about 45 minutes to complete the test, and it included an obstacle course and then a three-mile run with a full pack and, and pretty heavy gear. And you know, the run was intense because you really had to move swiftly, and you were intensely weighted down, and you had to push through. It was a true endurance test. Yet it wasn't that that got to me. It was one tiny obstacle, right? Well, not too tiny, this 25 foot tall rope that you had to climb at the end of the obstacle course and try as I might, and on some days I would get a glorious running start I just couldn't make it to the top, right? And, and I had all kinds of excuses in my mind, right? You know, it was kind of the obvious, a woman in the organization out of 180,000 Marines, only about a thousand are female officers like I was at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I blame my gender, you know, I blame the stupidness of the mission, like who's going to climb a rope if you're getting shot at, right? You're going to keep yeah. a low profile. You know, I had all kinds of stupid excuses. Yet the gift of generosity that was given to me was the accountability, right? I could not pass that test until I could climb that rope, that And I remember instructors, my roommate at the time, you know, just breaking it down for me, spending like late evening hours saying, look, this is not about your upper body strength. This is not about the standard and blaming people, right? This is about you realizing that you're in your own way. And this is a simple technique and you need to learn it and you need to learn it soon. And literally it was it was like using your legs and locking your feet together and your strongest muscle groups to get to the top of the rope. Yet I had a lot of ego, right? I had a lot of um self-focus in me at the time and I really needed to almost literally have that kind of breakdown experience to be built back up. And for me, I confronted a lot of life lessons by just figuring out how to climb a rope and people were very generous. Until, you know, test day was looming and it was pass the test and continue on or not and goodbye career. And for a young person to have that type of pressure, it was actually really powerful. Yet there was generous service of people mentoring me and helping me almost, you know,
0: what really needed to be done was, was pushed through my ego at the time. When we come back, Courtney will share about an incredible birthday gift as a Marine. And you need podcasts that inspire you. Podcasts that help you live your best life. Podcasts that speak to you. Podcasts that are easy to listen to. You'll find them on the Quad Pod Network. Coming soon. And we're back with Courtney Lynch. Tough love is... The gifts that those individuals gave you.
1: Exactly. A hundred percent right. And then let's flip the coin, right? Let's go to generosity in a more of that kind of powerful positive way, right? One time where I was at the end of a really just difficult deployment. We were in Korea. We were doing a lot of exercises around North Korea and a lot of the scenarios that could happen. And I was just exhausted. I'd been sleeping in a tent for weeks. I was worn out. It was the end of August. It was hot in Korea. I was exhausted. It was my birthday. And we were rotating back to Japan, where I was based. It was kind of lottery, like who got out first, right? And mm-hmm. I remember just really wanting to go home and and feeling, you know, less than as an officer to just want to go home so badly. But I knew I was spent. And I remember talking to the sergeant that was doing the load list, right, and and loading up the aircraft. And I just said, hey, Marine." it's my birthday and I'm so tired and I'm really just nothing would be better than to be at home for my birthday dinner. Can I get on this load? I was like, you're pulling out my ID to, you know, prove that it was my birthday. And he's like, I don't care if it's your birthday. I just know you're tired. And I'm so glad that you shared that with me. And absolutely, you're out of here. I'll get you a seat. Just for someone to have that heart, right? To like, you know, he was junior to me in the rank structure. And, you know, sure, was I a little vulnerable and admitting weariness, right? I felt like I was breaking some rule or code of officer decorum in the corps, But I just knew I was really spent. I had given my all to the exercise and I didn't have much left. He got me home and I took a hot bath and had a warm meal on my birthday. And I still remember that dinner.
0: I bet. So let's talk about Leadstar a a bit. And then I want to hear your thoughts on where you see a return on generosity. Like you and Angie are two incredible Marines and business leaders. I think that you lead with generosity. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, it is like abundance, right? That's the word that we use at our company, right? We're passionate about the fact that better leaders equal better world. And when I say better leaders, I'm not talking about those in positions of power or status. I mean, it's great when someone in a position of power is an effective leader as well. Wow, that's magical. You know, I'm talking about all the people that do the small things to influence outcomes and inspire others. And so we believe better leaders, better world so strongly that if we can create something and abundantly share it that will allow people to see themselves as a leader and then understand some of those practices, credibility, accountability. Uh, emotional resolve, confidence that allow them to lead best, we are happy to share. And so, yes, like you mentioned earlier, we periodically give copies of our New York Times bestselling book away for free. We have the online tools at sparkslead.us, that's sparkslead.us, sparksleadus, all for free. Thousands of downloads a month of people downloading handouts and watching videos And talking about leadership on their teams, that's what the beauty of the the ROG for us is knowing that people are having dialogues on leadership and exploring the topics that will allow them to better serve and support their colleagues. Angie and I are just two people. So a lot of the ways we scale our impact is by abundantly sharing our intellectual property. And we appreciate the amazing clients that we work with that allow us to create those opportunities and reinvest in our community all the time.
0: Yeah, we used Spark in a recent mentoring program, as you know, and people flipped about it. They couldn't get over how practical, useful, tangible the mentors said that it changed how they lead, not just in their mentoring circles and in their, in their partnerships, but in their organizations. For those who are listening to you and saying, how, how's one to make a living by giving your intellectual property away? Yeah, no, definitely.
1: I think it looks, it can look a little suspect, right? How do you do it? How do you give away this book? Uh, You know, we very much believe open hand versus clenched fist, right? And actually what's happened from a business model standpoint is because we've been generous and it's allowed people to find out about us and become aware of our practical work around leadership development. And that's what's built our business, right? Our business is a referral business, We take on few projects each year. We coach a few clients each year, and we try to do that to the utmost quality so that people will share and there will be demand for our work. We're just trying to have maximum influence. We can't give ourselves more time, but we can reinvest in putting leadership tools out there that people can use for free. And that builds a base for us of consistent revenue because the demand is there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that like high level integrity that you model so well has served anyone who's had the opportunity to speak with you on, on a personal level or on a business level. What are other ways that you have seen the return on generosity, some of the benefits? You mentioned a few, but what else comes to mind when you think about that?
1: When I was growing up, my my best friend's family was just so generous to me, right? I, I might not have been the kid that you would have wanted your straight-A student daughter, who their daughter was, right, to be friends with. I might have, you know, been a little bit of a bad influence potentially on her, right? Like, come on, let's stay out an extra late hour later. You know, let's not tell our parents where we're going, right? We weren't really doing crazy things, but uh, my you're, best you're friend... Good. Yeah, we were being kids, but my best friend was definitely the cooler, um, more mature, listened to her parents, um, nicer person, right? And I was a little wild. And... They were so generous. I mean, maybe some parents would have just tried to like distance their daughter, but instead they they kind of leaned into me, right? But they just included me and they shared their perspective and they shared the why behind the rules that they had, right? They took a lot of time. They were very generous with their time and I'm still in touch with them. They're like second parents to me because they didn't kind of leave me at arm's length. They pulled me in, they included me. And they allowed me to just be a part of their family. And that meant that I had some responsibilities, but they gave me just a lot of love and support. And I think that's, you know, I would have expected discipline or rejection and the return on their generosity. For you know, the return on the generosity that they extended to me was huge. They they allowed me to to show up more generous to others.
0: Yes, for sure. And I could I see a parallel to your example and diversity, inclusion, and belonging in the workplace. Yeah, it sounds to me like this this family friend also embraced your differences, like the ways in which you were different than them or their daughter.
1: Yeah, absolutely right. It was never about conforming. It was about being that. Better version or best version of myself, right? And if you think about diversity and inclusion initiatives, I in the private sector and in our workplaces, it's you know it's it's about everybody comes to the workplace a different way and with different experiences and different contributions to make. And then there are also those standards in the workplace, right? And so when you can allow people to meet and exceed standards, then their credible example and and all of who they are. Mm-hmm. sends the diversity message, right? And I think that's the key, right? How do we lovingly support people? Because uh, I don't know, I, I came to the work world with gaps, right? I it's um, I went from the Marine Corps to the software industry and, uh, you know, I had some, some clear gaps and my leaders helped me overcome them with a lot of discretion and a lot of extra time and a, a lot of coaching and support. And so I think that whether we're the member of a majority demographic or minority demographic, if we get that consistent support, we can be who we are and add value. And that is what speaks volume. As long as people are supporting us in overcoming our gaps and coaching us on, on how best to do what's expected of us so we earn that credibility.
0: Yes. One of your favorite quotes or mottos is to lead as you are, it works. I think that's what you're talking about right now. Is what else can you share with us about that? Life yeah,
1: model? like as humans, you know, we have two really strong fundamental needs, right? We want to be liked and we want to be respected, right? We crave affirmation, we want to be liked. The challenge comes though if you go about having those two fundamental needs met in the order in which I describe them. If you're continuously seeking to be affirmed, you're actually going to find yourself acting in ways that not only don't earn you respect, they're actually inconsistent with who you authentically are. And so instead, if we flip the order, right, if we think, how can I earn respect here? That means meeting standards. That means looking out and understanding and helping to meet the needs of others. That means being, again, that credible performer yourself. Then having the courage to just be who you are, right? The like part actually just takes care of itself. And when it doesn't, You're dealing with the office jerk, right? Or you're dealing with a toxic culture. And those are things that are good to know and potentially beyond your control, but it's great perspective to have, right? So I think that lead as you are takes courage. And if we focus on earning the respect of others by understanding, you know, what does success look like in this culture? How can I contribute to it? And then how can I just be who I am? So others see that uh, people like me have a lot of value to bring to the table.
0: Yes, and that me being my authentic self is exactly what this organization needs or this team needs. They don't need me to be like someone else because that would not be sustainable for one, but it's also robbing everyone of the opportunity to experience you as you are. Yeah, it's
1: not ROI, right? It's not ROG because there's no return. If you're compromising who you are, you are definitely giving less than the possible return you could give in the world, whether that's being less generous than your heart speaks to you to be or being less of a contributor than the dollars that employer is paying and, and needs from you to be, right? It's about earning trust. It's about earning that opportunity to be able to influence and inspire And I'm influenced and inspired by the people I know that care about me, that show me they're competent, right? When they have the courage and they are themselves and I can connect with them as a person, that's really powerful in building that trust.
0: So true. The world is getting better in terms of their openness to emotional expression and that human connection. Uh, But I think there are some that are still playing an old playbook that, It's helpful to hear you encourage that level of humanity. Yeah, yeah. I
1: think it's really easy with kind of messages from society and our culture. We can get caught up in approving ourselves, right? And I get it. We need to meet basic performance standards. People need to know that we're there to contribute. Yet ultimately, we have to get past proving ourselves. That's a lot of ego. And get more into the territory of expressing ourselves, our full selves. And that takes courage, humility, a fair bit of vulnerability, and a lot of generosity. Yeah. When our heart's in the right place, though, people see it. And when I say right place, I think it's more that almost natural point that we can disguise a bit, right? Our hearts want to be generous. Sometimes we're just too exhausted or too caught up in the, the political race of our our working environments to to recognize what our hearts telling us.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I think a myth is that we're wired for competition, but the truth is that we're wired for compassion and connection.
1: Absolutely. I think we are far more wired for collaboration, and I hear it. Um, all the time in what my clients are asking for, right? They're not asking for more competitive cultures. They're asking for more interdependent, collaborative cultures. And that takes really pushing past our our egos.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much, Courtney, for sharing your wisdom with us and your life experience. Oh,
1: well, thank you, Shannon. The work you do is
0: amazing. I mean, just highlighting the topics you do, yet you highlight them
1: with such grace and credibility. It's, It's powerful work.
0: ROG takeaway tip how we can apply what we've learned to our own work and lives. Courtney reminds us to have the courage to be who we are and lead as we are. What does that mean for you? Do you know who you are? If you're going to demonstrate your most authentic self, what would you do? What would you say? How would you make others feel? Think about that. What is it about you that's unique? Are you a driver? and genuinely want to lead things to completion, you're okay being part of a team or a follower as long as that team or group is making progress. Your strength may be how you accelerate that progress. Maybe your strength is your positive energy and charisma. You bring hope and vigor into situations and are energy producing. What's unique about you is your perspective and ability to galvanize others in a positive direction. Your unique gift May be your genuine concern and empathy you lead with your heart. You understand Semper Fi leadership, always faithful to you. No one is okay until we're all okay. Or perhaps your strength is your attention to detail and unwavering commitment to facts and truth. You're the one who digs in comes through the data and leads the critical analysis to find the root cause of a problem or accurately discover how something can be done or not whatever your strengths and talents identify them and lead with them don't wish you were something else you are who you are and that's essential as saint francis de sales says be who you are and be that well thanks for listening to rog return on generosity podcast Please help us grow by subscribing and reviewing us on your favorite podcast player. And for more information, visit BridgeBetween.com. We grow when we give. We grow when we give. We grow when we give.